0: Today is a very special day. I don't know if you guys know, but today the Buccaneers take on the Rams and it is Tom Brady's first start. Wait, that's not what I'm supposed to say. Um, Today is our 45th anniversary of North Coast Calvary Chapel. (laughs) Unreal. The way that God's hand has been upon this church and its people and its leaders and the amazing ways that it's moved. And we just want to honor God and thank God for all of that he's done and acknowledge that. Do you feel like that energy right now? I need you to stand up really quick because we're going to pray for the next 45 years. For God has been the next chapter of North Coast Calvary Chapel. Whether you've been a part of this church for the last 45 years or the last 45 days, you are a part of this story, and we want to honor God in all the ways he's moving in your life and in this community and the way that he uses North Coast Calvary Chapel to impact all of our partners around the world. I'm ready to run through the freaking tunnel right now for God, because what he has done through our church and the way he has used our community is so impactful. So. Rye, you ready to take us into the next 45 years?
1: Yes, let's do this. All right, listen, when we think about revival, what comes to mind for you? When you think about what it means to pray for revival, revival is not about getting back to the glory days. Biblically, it is about the conviction that the best days for us are ahead of us. No matter how good it's been back there, it's going to get better. So you can spend your life trying to get back to how good it was. Or you can open your eyes to the greater things that God has in store for us. Let me pray for us. And let me leap off of Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. Wouldn't you like that for your life? For this church, for our community, for our families, for our nation. Let's pray. God, thank you. With you, we look back and we see who you are. And we stand on the shoulders of the past and to look ahead to get a bigger vision of the greater things that are yet in store for us personally, for us as a church, for us as a city, for us as a nation. And we pray now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for a breaking through of your renewing power in our lives and in our world, because the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Grab a seat. All right, come on. Now, that's the way to start a morning, a little revival prayer. Woo! I'm feeling fired up. I know. Maybe if you're not, you know, you're just checking this whole Jesus thing out, you're like, what did I just get into? Welcome, my friends. Welcome to all. We do seek to be a community and a place where no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey... No matter where you are at, if you've been following Jesus your whole life, or if this whole Jesus thing is still kind of a weird thing that you're willing to put your toe in the water with, we hope that you feel comfortable and safe here, that you're among fellow sojourners through life. All right, we're we're in our series in the book of James. And last week, come on, did not Nick hit a home run? He just crushed it. He walked us. Come on, let's give a round of applause. And Nick, my man, I love him. I love him keeping us honest and true, and we, he was unpacking for us um, uh, the way that God uses trials to test and mature our faith. It's not fun to think about trials in our life, but James wants uh, to bring us to face the things that we fear the most, that we might find our hope in God in those dark places so that we might be overcomers and not victims. And I just thank God for that. Trials are not the place of our defeat. They are the place of God's victory in us and through us. Now, look at this memory verse from last week. Let's look at last week's memory verse. Here it is. Uh, this is, we are every week trying to memorize scripture. You may not hit every week, but we're hoping you'll hit a few. And as we memorize, the word of God is getting into our brain. It is literally, when you memorize scripture, get this, you are literally establishing neurological real estate dedicated to the word of god in your mind the only way you can memorize anything is if you have synapses in your brain that are forming those dendritic pathways to hold that memory think about it the word of god literally physically is taking up residence in your mind now that is exciting Come on now. Here it is. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Actually, let's, let's, let's stand standing? Let's one more stand I now. What are we? We're like in uh, high church. We're in high church tonight, today. Let's just do this together. Ready? Let's begin at the very beginning. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Come on now. Yes. I just, we're going to dive deeper. You can go ahead and sit down, guys. We're going to dive deeper into this idea of trials. I want to go to the next slide. One of my favorite moments in Nick's message was the way he laid out this, the progression of wisdom. And he kind of laid it out right here, like, we, we all start in a place of ignorance, not knowing God, not really even knowing the truth, the deepest truths about ourselves. We come out of the womb. We just know we want food and that's about it. All right. Ignorance then moves to knowledge. But as we're going to see with James, knowledge isn't enough. And knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Knowledge is a means towards wisdom, but it is not the consummation of wisdom. So we go to to knowledge. Then there's this pesky, annoying little thing called obedience, right? This is what James is going to really set the focus on because your faith without obedience or works is dead. You've got to put it to action. Your heart's got to be pumping to be alive. And then it's obedience that takes the knowledge and through some kind of spiritual alchemy transforms it into this thing that James is calling wisdom from above we talked about how in this day and age, with all the chaos and the, the the uncertainty that's surrounding us all over the place, more than ever, I think we're feeling the need for wisdom. To not just know what the right thing is, but how to apply the truth to our circumstance so that we are more filled with the presence of God and revealing God to others. All right. Okay. So this week we can we're going to be learning from James how even temptation how even temptation is used by God to transform us and where temptation fits in this whole thing about trials and, and being tested, okay? And so we're going to read James chapter 13 verse to 18. That's our scripture for today. Let me read it to us. Take this in, guys. This is the word of God to you today. When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, what is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. My brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, every good gift, perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, we're talking about temptation today. We'll start with verse 13. Right at the gates, he's like, when you are tempted. Not if. When? What does that say to you about temptation? Right away, what's James saying to you? It is inevitable. Temptation is inevitable. To be tempted is to be human. To be human is to be tempted. Everyone faces temptation. There are small ones, and there are big ones. Small ones. You know, those little ones where you are just being enticed to do something you've told yourself you do not want to do, you shouldn't do, you cannot do, you know, eating the extra piece of cake, staying up a little later than you would hope, binge watching a whole season of I don't know what. What are those little temptations that you go through? The temptation to skip your workout, to sleep in a little longer, only to be driving frantically to work, wishing, gosh, why don't I just get up earlier? You know what I mean? The temptation, what, to spend a little bit more time on Instagram, next thing you know, it's two hours later and you've got no work done. You're like, what what have I been doing? But then there's big ones, like there's the big ones. The big temptations are the ones that can derail our marriage. Uh, There's big temptations, temptations that can become addictions and destroy our life. Temptations can be small, but they can be big. And there's a real danger in temptation. Now, here's the thing. Everyone faces temptations, whether they are Christian or not, whether they have any sense of God or spirituality, or they're just a, just like an atheistic human being just trying to get by in the world. We are all facing them. It's a part of the fabric of our lives. What James wants to do is... Get to the root of temptation. Now listen, a couple big things. There's no temptation you are facing that someone in this room has not also faced. Is that encouraging? You're thinking, no, 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 Ron. You don't know what I was tempted with last night, what I was tempted with on the way to church. No, no, no. I'm telling you. I'm telling you as a pastor who hears a lot of confession, I'm telling you, you are not unique In your temptations. I guarantee you someone else in this church has them as well. Everyone knows the bitter sting of regret after giving in to temptation. You're not alone. And there's no shame when you're tempted. I think some of us, we get tempted and we think, oh, just having the temptation, I've sinned. I was telling this to the staff the other week. I go, what if I told you last night I, laying in bed late at night, couldn't sleep, and found myself tempted to worship satan i was tempted to worship satan get on my knees bow to him would you think whoa we need to reconsider this church we're going to would you <laughs> let you just be like if this is your first time let me to say it. that didn't happen to me but let me bother you even more forget about me jesus was tempted to worship satan go back to matthew and luke and look at his temptation in the wilderness, he was tempted to worship Satan. So, don't be ashamed of any temptation that is harassing you. You're not alone. Come on now. Temptations are an important part of how God transforms our life. And James is going to show us how. Far from having to dread them, we, James wants to show us how God can use them in your life to transform you into a person of wisdom. Wouldn't you like to know that? Okay. He is not going to talk to us today about how to overcome them and the details about how to face them and beat them. That's going to come later in James chapter 4. Today, he wants to get into our head and shift the perspective that we have in how we look at trials in our life and how we look at temptations and what that means about who God is and who we are. That's what James wants to do right now. He wants to set the stage for our ability to overcome them. So here's what we're going to do. What is temptation, and how does God use it to transform us? What is temptation, and how does God use them? Okay, how does God use it to transform us? Let's go to verse 14. What is temptation? This is the first thing I want to tackle with you. Okay, what is it? You know, you ever... Have a New Year's resolution. I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to start doing this again. And then the temptation comes. You know, just to sleep in or, ah, you know, maybe I won't go work out today. What is it about temptation? What is happening? Listen to this, okay? Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. As much as we like to think about it, it's not about your spouse. It's not tempting you. Your roommate's not tempting. It's not about them. It's not ultimately about that attractive young man or that attractive young woman. That is not the root of temptation. And it's not the internet. That is not the root of temptation. Listen to where James is going here. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Can you see the progression right here? There is a progression to temptation It can start seemingly innocent and maybe harmless at first And then it can get into a full-blown situation and set your house on fire Let me give you an example when I was a kid. I was fascinated by fire. I loved fire I just loved to watch it burn but more than anything. I love to make things burn Come on now anyone else there a little bit of a in the closet part, you know pyromaniac, you just like to, as a little kid that set leaves on fire. Well, I'm in the bathroom and I see this macrame with this beautiful plant hanging in the bathroom. For an adult, it's just a beautiful plant, but for a kid, it's a temptation. And my mom put it in there and it was her fault that this next scene happened <laughs> because she should know better to hang beautiful macrames in the bathroom with teenage sons. I got the most obvious thought that any teenage boy would have. I went and found myself a lighter Locked the bathroom door, and I wanted to see that thing burn. I set that thing on fire. It just went up into a ball of flames, and then lo and behold, it moved up the macrame up to the ceiling and caught the ceiling on fire. Yeah, it was at that point, after blowing on it, you know, <laughs> I realized I was making the situation worse. And I ran to my mom, and I said, hey, mom. And she's like, Mihito, I'm on the phone. I told you, don't interrupt me. But mom, I said, don't interrupt me, or you're going to have a consequence. All right. So I stood there. Fire alarm starts ripping through the house. Smoke pummeling out of the bathroom. Yeah, well. It just seemed innocent enough. But temptation has a progression. And that's the genius of what James is showing us. He's saying, hey, listen, when you're being tempted, the end result of giving into that temptation is going to look a lot different than how it looks right now at the beginning. It feels containable, it feels innocent. It feels, hey, you know, what else is a teenage boy supposed to do with a macrame in the bathroom? It's natural. what james is saying is that temptation has the power to escalate beyond our control and to produce results in our life and the lives of people around us that can be catastrophic all right now that's helpful it's not great news but it's helpful because he's giving us wisdom from above now listen trials or actually let's go to this next slide um if nick's progression towards wisdom begins with ignorance right here And it moves to knowledge and obedience and wisdom from above. James is filling in the other side of the graph. And he's saying, here we are, ignorance. Ignorance about what happens when you light a macrame on fire hanging from the ceiling. The desire to see things burn. And now we have sin because the bathroom is on fire. And we get death because it's out of control. And he's going to lay out this progression for us because this is really important. There is in our life the path towards wisdom, and there is a path towards death. And James wants to give us wisdom so we understand how to differentiate between the two and stay on the path of God's wisdom and when to recognize when we are off the path of God's wisdom and we are headed towards some kind of destruction in our life. Thank God for James. Okay trials. Here we go. Listen to this. God intends trials to be a place of transformation. If there's a trial in your life, we don't like them. They're uncomfortable, they're unpleasant, but they are a place of transformation. Do you get that? Do you understand that? If you're in a trial, if you're facing a trial of some sort, grief, the loss of a job, difficulty in your marriage, you are in the place of transformation. The crucible for silver the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. It's in that place of trial that you're being tested and God is maturing you and strengthening you as his son and daughter. Listen to this. The path of testing is where we follow God's truth. We obey his truth and we become wise. But there is the path of temptation where we follow our own desires. And that leads to sin and death. Tests and temptations are not the same thing. I'm going to unpack that, but listen, they're not the same. To be tested, to be in in a trial that's testing you, is not the same as a temptation. We're going to differentiate between these two experiences. Temptations, listen, are really important to differentiate because the way that they operate in our life. Now, something might be challenging or exposing your lack of knowledge, the threshold of our obedience or our lack of control, but temptation takes advantage of that vulnerability to whisper in our ear, you are on your own. God is nowhere to be seen. And you're going to have to just figure this out by yourself. That's temptation. It takes advantage of the vulnerability that we feel when we're under trial because we are at the threshold of our obedience we are at the limits of our own control of our life and we feel vulnerable we feel desperate that fight or flight instinct wants to kick in to either fight or run and that's where we get hooked into temptation we get deceived in that place and temptation takes advantage of those moments when we're vulnerable now By temptation, James means two things in his letter. Listen to this. It is the evil desire that is in us that comes out of a place of not trusting in God or even maybe knowing his truth. Number two, evil desires come from the devil who wants to destroy you. James chapter four, verse seven. We won't go there. We'll get to that later. The need to resist the devil. He is real. And there are evil beings that want to inflame the temptations in your life and draw you away. So that's where they come from. Now, James begins with the root of temptation is, it's in our desires, and that means that not all our desires are to be trusted. That's confusing, are you with me? I mean, is curiosity a good desire? It's a good instinct. Is watching things burn a bad thing in itself? No, it is not. It's not that all these desires in us are bad, but what's confusing is that some of them are, and differentiating and discerning between the desires that are from God and rooted in his truth and the desires that are coming from a distrust of God and ignorance of his truth. It's hard to discern sometimes, isn't it? Can you think of a place in your life right now where you would just pay a thousand bucks to know the difference between what is God's will and what is just my will? Right now, can you think of an area in your life? Gosh, God, is this desire yours? Or is this just mine? Taking me away from your will. Now, Psalm thirty seven four says this. Look at this verse. I want to make sure we don't confuse this with the idea that all our desires are evil and bad. Look at this. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you what? The desires, the desires of your heart. So what do you learn from this right here? What do you learn from this right here? Okay, desires can be good. Look, God wants to fulfill your desires. Do you see that there? I'm not some kind of secular humanist making this up. Do you see that there? God wants to fulfill your desires. The problem is you're confused about what you really want in life. Have you not ever just thought you wanted something, reached out and gotten it, and then gone, oh, now I regret it? Has he, anyone here ever taken hold, seized the day, and grabbed a hold of their desire only to regret it the next day? Raise your hand if you've been there. Come on now. The rest of you, mentirosos. That's what my grandmother would say. mentido. Yeah, we know. We've all been there. Okay. We are a little confused about what we really want. Okay. Now, when our desires are flowing from the delight and the desires of God, we are on the path towards wisdom. But listen to this. When our desires are flowing from ignorance about God, ignorance, ignorance is not an evil, bad thing. It's a bit neutral. You just don't know God. Foolishness is knowing about God and doing the wrong thing anyways. That's foolish. And Proverbs talks a lot about that. But ignorance is not the same as foolishness. It is the vacuum of knowledge. I just don't know. Okay. Listen to this. Evil desires, they flow from that ignorance, right? Desires that are rooted in ignorance about God and a distrust about God's good intentions toward us. That is where we are tempted towards sin and death. Now Listen. Tests are meant to give us opportunity to mature towards wisdom. Temptations are meant to deceive us, derail us, and destroy us. That's the difference. Tests are meant to give you an opportunity to rise to the occasion to mature as a man and a woman of God. Temptations have one end in mind, and that is to destroy your life. To destroy your marriage, to destroy your faith, to destroy your identity, to destroy your body, to destroy your eternal life. They're different. Tests are meant to empower you towards your destiny. Temptations are meant to derail you and rob you of your destiny. Trials always present us with tests and temptations. Tests come from God, but the temptations come from our desires and they come from the evil one who wants to steal your destiny. Now, look at this. Verse 13, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. What does that mean? It means that God is good and God never allows a trial in your life tempt you. God is not trying to tempt you when he allows a trial into your life. In other words, God is not allowing a trial into your life to derail, deceive, or destroy you. Now, this is going to have a profound, amazing implication in just a few minutes. But listen to this. God is good, and he is not allowing trials in the past, the present, or the future for the purpose of destroying and derailing your life and your future. There's a profound difference. Let me give you an illustration. What is the difference? Okay, um, I, allowed, you know, my, you, I allowed my son to get an iPhone. He's a senior now, so get this. You're going to think I'm crazy. I'm a, you're going to think I'm a crazy Quaker Amish person. But finally, as a senior, he's allowed to have the Internet on his phone. Yeah, I know. I know. I know I'm, I'm crazy, but we waited to his senior year before we allowed him to have the internet on his phone. That is giving him the freedom to make choice and to carry responsibility and there's privilege with it. That that is not the same as tempting him, enticing him, encouraging him to look at inappropriate sites on his phone. Giving him a phone and allowing him to have access to the internet is not the same as me encouraging him to start his phone throughout the entire dinner. That is not the same thing. Are you with me? In the same way, God is maturing you to take on more and more of responsibility and authority, spiritual authority in your life for the purpose of fulfilling your destiny and his purposes, tests mature and prepare us, but they are not meant to be temptations. Temptations don't come from God. They come from our sin. They come from the evil one. And there's no way for God to mature you without allowing you to be in places where you're going to face both. But the good news is what Satan meant to destroy you, God is going to use to transform you. Now, this is where it gets exciting. Check this out. Verse 16. How does God use temptation to transform us? Listen to this. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, here's where we're going. This is the main idea I want you to get here. Here it is. This is, if you forget everything else, just catch this. The most dangerous thing about a trial It's not the trial itself, the cancer that you're facing, the loss of a loved one, the loss of your career, or even the loss of your home. As scary as that is, that is not the most dangerous thing you're facing, not getting into your college of choice or getting that attractive person to fall in love with you. The most dangerous part of any trial are the temptations we we face. Listen to this. We are tempted to lose faith in God's love And power and truth. When we are tempted, we are tempted to we lose faith in ourselves, our true identity, our purpose in our life. More dangerous than any failure or loss is losing faith in our identity. You ever feel that way when you fail? You start losing a sense of who you are and your value as a person. How about this? More dangerous than losing a job is losing your faith in your purpose in life that you have a purpose that is bigger than any job or any boss more dangerous than losing a loved one is losing faith in god who raises the dead to life the most dangerous thing you had to face in a trial is temptation but here is the most amazing thing listen to this james writes in verse 16 don't be deceived And what are you saying here? Verse 16, don't be deceived. He's saying this, no trial you will ever face has the power to derail or destroy your destiny, your future, and your identity. Think about that. Think about what James is trying to teach us and get us into a place of firm ground on. No trial you will ever face has the power to destroy your identity, your future, and your destiny. No trial. It's giving to temptation, and that does. But even then, we'll see in chapter 5, there's a way out. Look at this, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Let's see some of the next slides, the sun and the stars. What's James showing us? How does this help? Can we go to our sun Rise, I think it's sunrise. Yeah, yeah. James wants to bring these images. He's like, look, when you're facing temptation, when you're in trial and you're being tempted, he's like, I want you to remember the sun. I want you to remember the inevitability, the reliability that every day of your life, that sun is going to rise. And in the same way, God in his goodness Is going to rise over your life. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You may be going through a trial that is testing you to the very limits of your sanity, but God is just as good yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and He is not going to let you go. Your circumstances have changed, but God has not. And He is that foundation of your life today, just the way He was yesterday. Let's go to the next slide. He is the father of heavenly lights. He is the stars that even when you're in your darkest night, he, he is the light that will guide you through the night. The stars and the moon. Have you ever been outside when there's no moon and no stars? It is like pitch black. During the old days, before they had GPS and navigation, systems, they would use the stars to navigate their way through the open, endless, dark ocean waters. No matter how dark your situation is, God is the Father of heavenly lights. He is the light that is going to shine for you and guide you through that. I want to talk about these key words that he uses in this statement. Verse 17, that every good and perfect gift is from above. This is our memory verse for today. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. God in his goodness. Listen to this. His gifts in your life they're good. In other words, once you get them, you're not gonna regret them the next day. When you get God's gifts, you're not the next day gonna wish, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. What this means is that his gifts are good and perfect, is that God is the good and perfect fulfillment of every desire in your life, in your marriage. Whatever Satan is using, whatever your evil desires are tempting you to do, God is saying, Look, I am the perfect fulfillment of every desire in your life. Will you trust that? And right now, is there a place in your life where you're struggling to believe that? Is there a place in your life where you're like, I'm not sure that God is the fulfillment of every good and perfect gift for my life? Because when we go through trials, the temptation is that they are evidence, these moments are evidence. God doesn't have what it takes, and you don't have what it takes. And now you need to take things into your own hands. Are you with me? He's the perfect fulfillment of every desire in your life. Now, he comes, it comes down from your Father in heaven. This is AA vernacular for He is your higher power. I don't know if you've ever read an AA book, but they're amazing. I don't know if you've ever been through AA I have the hugest respect for you because you are lived, learning to live with temptation and overcome it. And one of the areas that is one of the most difficult and challenging that any person can face. And so my, I wanted to salute all you AA people. But what's beautiful about AA is that they find the first thing they do is admit they have a problem with a temptation in their life. And number two, they find their higher power. And that's what James is doing for us. He's helping us find our connection again in temptation to our higher power. Do you have that connection with him right now? Is there a temptation in your life? Or if you think about it, it's hard to really see where God is in it. Let me ask you this. If there was one temptation that you could break through with in this next year, what would it be? If there was one area where you've been experiencing temptation, if you could just snap your fingers and overcome it from now to the rest of your life, what would it be? Take a moment and think, what would that be for your life? Maybe it's about never eating that extra piece of cake. All right. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's like, I am not going to eat for me. It's not eating carbs through the week. That's just my silly little temptation that I got to overcome. But what's yours? It could be serious. The one that would change your life. What would that be for you? I want to invite the band to come on out. Here's where it gets amazing. As the band comes out, temptations have the power to transform us. Did you know that Jesus was tempted? And in that temptation, he overcame it, and it actually did something in him. Look at this passage in Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, it says, he learned obedience. Think about that for a minute. He learned obedience from the things he suffered. And in this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Do you see what I see? Jesus became something through temptation. Is that not just mind-blowing? Jesus, who is perfect, fully God, fully man, became who he was destined to be through his, abil- his choice and his willingness to face temptation and obey God and overcome it. And this is the most amazing thing of all. Every time you face a temptation and overcome it, you are becoming like Jesus. Every time you face a temptation and overcome it, you are being transformed. Transformed. Every time you face a temptation in your life, if it's a small one, but especially the big ones, the ones in which the cost of obedience is allowing those sinful desires to die, the ones that really just sting, the ones that feel natural, the ones that feel like it's just a part of you, those ones, yeah, those ones. When you overcome those, You'll be becoming like God. Where is that place for you? What's going to the song. i Today Temptation is a part of all our lives, and you are not alone with whatever temptations that you are facing. And I hope that every time you come here on a weekend, you don't walk out of here, you walk out of here with a greater sense of being a part of this community that is here to support one another, stand with one another, that you walk out of here more confident in who God is in your life. And there's no temptation in your life that is greater than the goodness and the wisdom of God also at work in your life. And if you are, if there's temptations that you are just really struggling with, this week has been a hard week for me. I'm just holding a flood of emotion just to stand here with you right now. And I've watched temptation and the giving in to temptation absolutely eviscerate people's lives. And I want this to be a safe place, to be honest about the things that we're being tempted by, to find strength, encouragement, and support. You don't need to be ashamed of anything that is tempting you. You can come into this community and be honest and receive prayer and know that the grace of God is greater than anything that is harassing you, plaguing you, and dragging you down. Jesus has overcome every temptation and he carried the power of temptation with him to the cross and he stripped it of all its power to have the final say over your life. And I pray this morning that you'll come up and let us pray with you and find strength and to see the light of God shining in whatever darkness that you are battling with. And so I want to invite the prayer team to come up to the front. We got a prayer team here, ready to pray? All right. As the prayer team comes on up, I want to, and our pastors as well, I want to invite you to come up here. If there's temptation, it could be small, it could be big. Don't worry. We won't assume anything about you. All right. Because watch right now, who here has to face temptations in their life? Raise your hand. All right. Who here has temptations that they still do not consistently overcome in their life? Raise your hand. Okay. Look around. Wait, wait, put your hands back up. I'll say, look around. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. So if you come up here, we're not going to be like, oh my gosh, that person has got temptations. You know, that person's struggling. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to be like, yeah, that person is overcoming temptation. Come on. Get up here and get prayer. As this band goes into this last song, start coming up. Get prayer. When you leave here, confide in somebody that you trust. I have temptation here or there. Let them know. Let them pray with you, and don't do it alone. God bless you. Have a great week.